Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Melissa. And I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season four, episode 12. Episode 12, Heaven Can Wait, was written by Barbie Kligman and directed by Kenny Leon. Yes. <laughs> it aired on February 3rd, 2011. Enjoy. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be back. I know. Can you tell us about what you've been doing? I'm like floored. I feel like I'm doing a lot and then I look at you and I'm like, oh, she's a star star. No, you are always doing a lot. You guys, the amount of sides that Sam is always sending me that she's working on for voiceovers and whatnot. Like she's a busy, busy, busy girl. Um, <laughs> but I've been away from you all. I've been away all summer on the other side of the country, I guess, depending on where our listeners are located. It could be like right next the other door side to of them. the world, <laughs> other <laughs> side of the world, seemingly for us, for us PA girls. Yeah. Um, but I've been in California all summer working on a new musical called Goddess. Um, and it was an incredible time. Um, I was there July all the way through October, if you can believe it, because we got extended. So I was out there a week longer than I had even anticipated being, but it was a wonderful time. I loved my cast. And since then I've been doing some traveling too for, for work and seeing family and just catching up with people since being away all summer. But, but I've missed you all and I've been keeping up with the episodes and <laughs> been right along with you. And you're reading in New York. That was huge. Yes. Yeah. So that was for another show that I've been a part of for a couple of years now, um, since yeah. 2016. It's called A Sign of the Times. So it's a jukebox 60s musical with mostly Petula Clark songs, but they've actually now compilated songs that are specifically to 1965. Um, but it was great. I actually got to read for the role I had been understudying for years for that show. Um, and it was really cool to just like step in and take up that role and and just to be reunited with my friends who I met so many years ago. It was like my first long-term out-of-town contract back in mm -hmm. 2016. So it was really special. It was like a can reunion. You, can you <laughs> believe how long ago 2016 was? Girl, no. And it's, yeah, and it's crazy because in my mind, I, even when I say a few years ago, I'm like, I don't know if 2016 qualifies for a few years ago anymore. Like that's like pre-2020, which is yeah. like I, we usually like BC and AC now. <laughs> yeah, right? Like kids that were born in 2016 now can read. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hearing when people are born in 2000. I'm like, what? There were kids born after the 90s? Like, what? I know. Oh my it's God. Crazy. Yeah. Um, also, I keep meaning to post it on our story because do you remember when you did that photo shoot with Ellis when we were when you were in the yellow dress and I was obsessed with it? Yes, yes. That was I, in the middle of the pandemic. It was. I haven't seen a photo like of anyone, not even just of someone I know, but like of anyone that has a hold on me the way that that one does until that dress you wore to the chocolate festival. Oh my goodness, Melissa, you are like, oh my God, move over any model that has ever been. Like, Melissa just I leaving am. her house. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Dear listeners, that dress no. and just like, you're just on the staircase and you're like, here I am. I'm cracking up. Girl, I was just trying to be on theme and I had a completely <laughs> different dress in mind and um, 
I think that you might know or like know of um, my friend Billy Mason. Um, and so he was my uh, the, my date for the evening. And uh, and so we were like, he, I was like, he's like, well, what are you going to wear? And da, da, da. we were trying to trying to coordinate. Billy's like my best friend, y'all, for context. <laughs> going to write home about, but no, no. And, and so I was like, I had a completely different dress in mind. Like I had like this like, this gold sequence, like a full body dress in mind. And he was just like, well, it might be like a little hard for me to find something to match. Can we go with the other option? And it's so funny that I thought that this other dress, I was like, oh, it's so like nothing in comparison. Like I thought that it just wasn't going to be up to par, but I think it turned out being perfect for the chocolate theme and the brown. And so I'm glad I I went with it. (laughs) Me too. The way it shows up on camera, it like, you can tell it's double layer. It looks like very expensive very like couture oh, oh I'm glad oh my god it was a bandage dress so I, when I tell you I was I was sucked up in <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad everyone liked it so much <laughs> yeah oh my god I would have showed up in like leggings and a quarter zip as you should have especially as much chocolate as there was to eat there like you know yeah. you wanted as much room as possible really to digest yeah give me a shift dress oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, so for listener mail this week, right before we started recording, Melissa and I read the most beautiful letter from our listener. Yeah. Our listener, Laura, sent us a letter Mm -hmm. that truly, like, I almost cried. It was this beautiful thing. Um, some of it is pretty personal. So... I'm just going to read the very last bit, which was heartwarming. I mean, it all was heartwarming, but uh, the mm-hmm. middle part, I just don't – I think that's for us, not for a public consumption. Yeah. So the end says, but the amount of times I've listened to the podcast and shouted, yes, same, is ridiculous. The discussions are so interesting, insightful, and so multi-layered. It just makes me feel so happy that there are people out there who love to discuss shows and characters and their stories in such depth. And it feels like having a cozy Thursday night fireplace chat with a cup of hot chocolate with your friends. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say, which I feel isn't enough, is thank you. Thank you for creating it and for for keeping doing it so well, so creatively, so beautifully. Definitely my highlights of the days it comes out and I can go cruise in my car and listen. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I know. Thank you, Laura. That's what it's about. I know the way I like weld, like my eyes weld. It was yeah. We love you too, Laura. We love you yeah. too, Laura. We yes, you thank you, Laura. So sweet. Yes, yes, and hot chocolate. She's like in our conversation. I know. Talking about chocolate. So cozy, exactly, and Laura. <laughs> Amazing. So sweet. So we are talking about season four, episode twelve, and dear yes. listeners. Melissa and my area code when we were growing up. Yes. Or when too. Yes. Very, 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 very on point. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the reason that I was like, Melissa, you need to do this episode. It was on yeah. this episode. Like, 412. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize until you said it, even after watching it. I was like, wow, I didn't even recognize. Yeah, right? <laughs> Pittsburgh all day. <laughs> Four one two. What you gonna do? Hey. All right. Our patient breakdown for this episode. We're gonna do first notes and miscellaneous per usual. We have Abe Nussbaum with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, also known as COPD. 
Susan Grant, who has stage four ovarian cancer, although as we talked last week with Science with Sarah, also into the liver and other parts. So but it just says stage four ovarian cancer. What we're going to say here as well, Larry Cannon has a psychotic break. We're going to talk about Charlotte. And then mm-hmm. I have a section for Sam and Adam before we get to miscellaneous okay. because I fe- I felt like all of my miscellaneous notes were about Sam and Addison and I was like – had to do with them. Yeah. 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 So as we have been doing for the past, wow, five episodes now, anything related to Charlotte's attack is going to have our timestamps in the show notes. So if that's something you're looking to avoid – please look in the show notes. I know a lot of our stuff about Larry is going to include Charlotte as well, which is why I put them next to each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, proceed with caution. Take him. T- Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first note? I know we went straight into. I think my- <laughs> it's funny. My first note was Addison's overuse of the the word lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> in her conversation with Naomi, which to me was just showing that like, oh, she she hasn't quite accepted um this this part of her mother's life yet. So I thought that that was really funny in that opening scene. I was like, I should have counted how many times <laughs> she said. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree. It was like a lot said a lot yeah. in this episode. Right. My first note is Addison's in all black again. She's still dressing for busy. And it was really Mm. juxtaposed with the colors that Naomi had on. So we were like, oh, Addison is still in all black. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even notice. Wow. That's so true. Mm -hmm. So true. And then she says – she's talking about like, yes, I can't accept that my mother is marrying a woman. But like, Mm -hmm. hey, if you wanted to marry a woman, like, I'd be all for it. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, I would march on the Capitol until it was legal. Mm-hmm. And kids today might miss that line. But when this was filmed in 2011, marriage equality was not. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's yeah. the word I'm looking for? Approved? Um, the Supreme yeah, Court like, didn't wasn't take that passed. case yet. Wasn't passed yet. Yeah. 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 So like you could get married in some states, but not in other states. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but at this point, it was no longer legal in California because Prop 8 was overturned, which I remember being like a huge thing because wow. it used to be like you could get married in California or Vermont were like the two that I remember. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember. It, yeah. It was less states. Yep. Yeah. At this time, you couldn't even get legally married in California. But I did research and they could have gotten married in Connecticut, which is interesting that they chose to get. They chose to have a ceremony in California. Mm-hmm. I think just because Susan was so sick, she didn't want to fly across Travel. the country again. Yeah, but um, kids today might miss that line. And mm-hmm. I just to realize that, you know, rights were not always there. And yeah, historical we, thing. Yeah. yeah and uh, you just got to keep in mind that mm-hmm. different you know, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it wasn't even that long ago, which is no, yeah, crazy. Um, do you have any more first notes? No, no, it was honestly that was my only one. (laughs) Yeah, it went straight into Susan, yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. But we are gonna go to Abe Nussbaum. Great, this man has three televisions. 
I, I noticed it and I, and I honestly didn't even notice it in the first scene. It wasn't until like a later scene that he had with Sam that I was just like, are those three TVs? Like, how do you, how do you even like separate your attention? Yeah. Yeah. And it was all on news. It wasn't even like one was race car, one was basketball, yeah. one was news. They were all news. Very strange. Yeah. This man would definitely be, be being watching Fox News today. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> CNN on another channel. Yeah, right? What were you going to say that I so rudely cut you off? No, you didn't. No, and it, it was something that came to me like halfway through the scene when I was trying to like, trying to decipher um, Abe and Simone's relationship. And I was like, they're lovers. <laughs> that, was my, yeah. that was my first guess, but I turned out being wrong. <laughs> but, I don't know yeah. though. Well, yeah, exactly. There were some things that were, yeah, implied and like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's still on the fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like left unsaid I'm under the bed she was gonna go out for lunch and get them the best pastrami in LA I'd like to know where this is the name dropped yeah well they did but I don't think it's a real oh. place oh okay gotcha I would also really like a bagel like a good bagel oh my That's god what yeah. I need I don't have a lot of notes for Abe I don't either. Also, I thought it took me a minute, it took a couple times for people saying his name for me to be like, is it Gabe or Abe? And I yeah. <laughs> had to look it up. Yeah. Abe and Esty sound really cute together. So that, that does make sense. Esty. Yeah. Cute. I just kept thinking that you can only help someone who's willing to help themselves. Like when Sam kept going back and trying to, you know, dig him out of that hole that he was in and help mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to help true. if they don't want to help themselves. I feel like that's a big theme of the episode, too, even with, um, um, yeah, for sure. I agree. And he yeah. was, Abe was a stubborn one. <laughs> I loved when Sam and Naomi were together and Sam was like, do you remember when he used to be like, what did he say? A charming curmudgeon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Naomi goes, now he's just a curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> just I love their scenes together. <laughs> Me too. They were really cute this episode. They were. There was like some like glimpses of I was just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh. Do you want yeah, to maybe I was, about that? Maybe I was reading into it too much. But yeah, yeah. I thought I I think more so definitely toward the wedding. Um there was a moment that um after Sam had kissed Naomi on the cheek that I thought that there was like a frame that like they they like gave Naomi a moment and maybe it could have just been something fleeting that to me it read like that she missed Sam in some way. And I think it definitely had to do with like the whole Addison thing. But then even the way she asked, like, are you leaving? Like when he was going back to check on Abe, it just like, I don't know. It was like, I got like a sense of like lingering and longing, but that's okay. the one that sticks out to me. But that's all, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> I- okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't have experience with this, obviously, but I feel like if you are at a wedding with someone that you have had a wedding with, that's going to be like a moment. Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, feelings are going to surface because it's like you've literally experienced this with that person. Yeah. Yeah, But I do love that muse. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it could have been super fleeting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Abe has COPD. He's not coughing very much. All of the long um, monologues that he has, I was noticing mm-hmm. that. But yeah. I have been on sets where, like, I've had to cough continuously. It's not that many, like, 
takes or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. After I, a while. Yeah, I feel like he could have coughed more, like, even off screen. Okay. But yeah. I think this poor guy is dying of a broken heart. He keeps talking about Esty and it broke yeah. my heart. Yeah, because at first I was confused about, like, when he first accidentally called Simone Esty. I was like, I was like, who? And I was trying to connect the dots. And then I took me a little while into the episode to be like, okay, that was his ex-wife. And who he, he hired Simone when Esty was still living from my understanding, right? I didn't catch that, but I feel like maybe she could have been like a bridge helping like when Esty was very sick and okay. house, but I, I'm not super familiar like or clear on what Simone's job is. <laughs> right. I think yeah. it's meant to be that way because like she's not a nurse. Yeah, she's not like um, hospice. So. No, or even like yeah. a healthcare aide. Right. Like she she wasn't once like, oh, like, let's check your vitals. Like, Mm-mm. do you need Tylenol? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Kind of right. seemed to me like she was like an in-home sugar baby. <laughs> Loki, right, exactly. Yeah, who like right. ordered lunch. Yeah, who like got him food and stuff. But like, yeah, like he said, like kept around just for the. Yeah. And my last note about Abe is like, she has all his cards. I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was watching the episode with my mom actually, and when she dropped all those cards, it's still like I still hadn't even connected the dots yet. My mom was like, "She's stealing from him." I was like, "Really?" Like, or stealing from like all of the people that maybe she cares for. But I was no, like, "They're all like, his cards." They were all his. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. A lot of cards. <laughs> I know. I can't. I have like two. <laughs> Girl, I know. It's like I can barely keep up with my two, three. No, right? <laughs> if we include Alta. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, but I guess over time <laughs> with age. Yeah. Or just like they kept, she opened them without him knowing, which is scary. Scary. Yeah. And the scene with her and Sam in the office, it was like she just totally changed. Like, not that she was super bright and sunshiny before right right the way she turned and just her threatening yeah that's I mean yeah she was pretty arrogant especially in saying that like you know he loves me and he'll get like have me right back and she was very confident that it was like (laughs) which probably just empowered her more to keep doing what she was doing that like it doesn't matter what I do you know he's gonna keep me around Oh, just to take advantage of someone in that situation yeah. is disgusting to me. I know. No. Any more about Abe before we move on to Susie? So Susan Grant has stage four ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Oh, I forgot to ask before we start. Like, do you have thoughts on the episodes that we had guest hosts in for? Like, I think specifically, I mean, like the Susan stuff and how Busy was treating Addison and how Sam was her voice for Busy. Just any any mm-hmm. thoughts you have on previous episodes that you were you were out of town for, I'd love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's funny that like Sam was kind of playing the the gap between um Addison and Busy. Um and then it was it was actually interesting to me a moment in this episode where like Susan was kind of like, I don't know holding Addison accountable in a way because I think that like we're as Addison being the protagonist we're kind of always inclined to like take her her side of things 
But when Susan told her that, like, what did she say? Did she say vulnerability is a two-way? This is not uh, what it was. Intimacy was a, she didn't say two-way. She used another phrase. Intimacy has to be worked on both sides. Both sides, exactly. When she said that, I was like, ooh, that kind of hit me. And I was just like, I, from Addison's perspective, I can understand how it's kind of like, you know, how dare you? <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, to me, that like really stuck out. And it was just like, that is true. And then there was just, even the moment when busy, I'm talking specifically, I guess, to this episode, but um, thanked Addison. It was just so clear to me, like, oh my gosh, Addison is very much so a woman, a daughter, a little girl, if you will, if you want to get like, if you want to therapize yeah. with it. Her little girl is still like inside her, still so much longing for the approval from her mother. And it was just like, oh my gosh, to see that. I felt like I saw it in this episode, in the previous episode. Um, and yeah, and I mean, it's to an extent like Busy's arrogance still like baffles me and stuff. It's like you you bring your lover and like you know you you don't have the best relationship with your daughter and yet you still have like X Y and Z expectations of like make my lover better, plan our wedding, <laughs> like but your treatment. But there was a moment I think it was in this episode that when Busy was like, now I'm like feel like I'm all over the place, but no, I'm <laughs> loving it. When Busy was like low key dragging Addison, um, it was like a little mini model. Like when they were having lunch, I don't know if that was that just yeah. the previous one. I was like, she did that. She was like, first of all, I'm not the reason. She was like, we know that cheating is not genetic, and you know that whatever you learned of it, you didn't learn from me because you had no idea what I was doing your entire life anyway. So I was like, Busy. I was like, points for Busy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Busy one, Addison. Oh. She did that because it's, yeah, it's, and it's true. It's like, and I think too, that's a big thing that I think even Naomi kind of got on Addison about, you know, in that scene later that it's just like, I think Addison has lack taking responsibility. And I think it's easy to do when like you have hurt and trauma in your life, you can easily take on the role of victim and like, oh my gosh, this happened to me. But it's like, at some point you do have to like, take a moment to reflect and be like, and how have I played a part in this <laughs> craziness of my life? But yeah. Self-reflection? Addison yeah. Floors Montgomery? What? A concept. A concept. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You said yeah. it all. And you said like half my Susan notes. So I love that. Oh, oh yeah. I know. And I was like, I was like, I definitely just like went into all the other characters. <laughs> no, that scene at lunch when they both have their my first note for Susan, even though she really only has like one scene that she speaks in and the whole thing, the advocacy, again, kind of with the advocacy of like caring for someone who has ill, Susan didn't really have a voice until late yeah. in the episode. Yeah. I agree. Cause I was like, I, to be honest, I don't have a lot of notes for Susan. And I think that that was partially why, and it was like, it was one of those things that's like, I very much so knew, I forget at what point, but I was like, she's not better. <laughs> I no. knew, I knew as soon as like busy was like, go check on Susan to see if she's dressed. I was like, she ain't going to be dressed and she's not going to be better. <laughs> no. And sure I, enough. Yeah. I definitely was like, she's passed out in her room, isn't she? <laughs> right. I thought that she was going to be like, I thought it was going to be worse than it was. I thought she was going to be like unconscious. And, but, um, but yeah, for her to like disclose about like signing the, so. 
which is sad. Yeah. Which I mean, it's like beautiful in, in a way that it's just like her just wanting to like, like she said, like to just give them that day, just give this special day to busy so that at least she can be like left with a beautiful memory. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. Hard. And I was just thinking like, busy's not going to let them do the DNR. Busy's going to be like, I, in my Grey's rewatch, I just watched where Izzy is like nearly dead and it's like the mm-hmm. end of season five. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Alex is like, do something, do something. And then Bailey and Richard just like, resuscitate her anyway yeah busy is not gonna let susan just pass away no um (laughs) which is what why partially i'm like oh is that why susan signed it (laughs) and it makes me wonder like and maybe susan was just like like many people get to that point um in their illness where it's like they're tired and like tired of fighting and it's just like with susan you know as much as she loved busy maybe susan was just like ready to (laughs) I hate to be like ready to go, but like, you know, was tired of fighting and didn't want to, you know, have to go through the chat over again. And, um, but knowing that busy would have fought for her life was like, you know, kind of under the table. And Susan asking Addison not to tell busy about the do not resuscitate order. (laughs) Like keeping secrets doesn't work. No, no. And even if she had, yeah, yeah. I knew it. And I was just like, and I felt bad, especially like seeing how it was beautiful to see busy interacting with Addison at the wedding. And I was like, oh, seeing that their relationship was taking like a baby step in the right direction. And I just knew I was like, when this comes to the surface, it's gone. Busy going to be so mad at Addison. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and my, okay. Look all right. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of my, like, Addison busy notes and then the wedding notes in with Susan as well. Okay. So, uh, Addison to date Dr. Rodriguez, Mm -hmm. maybe instead of Sam. And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, he... Yeah. uh, (laughs) Busy Mm -hmm. says he's from a prominent family in South America, very wealthy. Nothing about his personality, nothing about his kindness, nothing about how smart he is, not even about how hot he is. Like, right. This is like his bloodline, like going back to when you married women off, like they were cattle. Like, right, right. Oh, if we marry her, we'll get this extra bridge from our. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All for a gain. Yeah. Financial Mm -hmm. gain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a really, really, really nerdy podcast that I love called The Other Half. And he had another one called Queens of England podcast that I haven't gotten to yet. But the other half podcast focuses on spouses throughout history around the world. And he just did a more than a year on Queen Victoria's daughters and granddaughters, mm-hmm. sort of like that point leading up to World War One of like these girls you know, to people maybe they shouldn't have, i.e. like the Romanovs. Mm. Um, And just going through, and they're like, some of them are two-part episodes, some of them are seven-part episodes. Like Alexandra of Hess, aka like Romanov, Alex Romanov, had like an eight-part podcast. It was so good. But it just kept making me think of like, I don't want to think about it this way, but like if Addison would have lived 
100, 200 years before, like, she wouldn't be able to be a doctor. She would have been married off to, like, another family to get more land for the Montgomery's. It's so true. It's so true. Did did you watch the film Don't Worry, Darling yet? Not yet. It's on my list. Not yet. Okay. All right. You have to let me know once you lost. It was just something that you mentioned about just, like, thinking of, like, essentially, like, women in a different time. Um, and like in how things were then and just in how some people, you know, try to put us back in those roles in, in a lot of ways without like giving too much away and don't want to spoil it for you or the listeners. But please let me know once you've watched it and what your thoughts are about it, because that reminded me of it. Um, and and, you know, also like the role that was specifically. Um, yeah. And just how, you know in a different time that they like, yeah, they wouldn't have had those roles and that there was this like different expectations for them. And yeah. yeah, And yeah. And not to like diminish those lifestyles, but just say like, you know, no, of course. It's just, yeah. But confined, like just seeing how, like how confining it can be, especially for women who had other goals and dreams and stuff and just like placing them in a different time period, just like how that would change. But yeah. Yeah. Just, like the freedom to do what you want to do with your life. Yeah, to choose. Given the opportunity. Yeah. 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 So this writer, Barbie Kligman, I think she did a really incredible job with including exposition in the dialogue without being like, first, she went this way. Like it very seamlessly integrated. Mm-hmm. Like um, when they were talking about how many people to tell the caterer, Addison was like, well, Archer isn't coming because he said he wasn't at the first wedding. And I was like, you weren't born. <laughs> um, then huh. she was like, and Violet isn't here. because it's, And that was the second time we'd heard about her being in New York with publishers. Mm. And they just very seamlessly went through and told exposition so that the audience would be informed without mm-hmm. it being like – A big deal. Yeah, or – annoying to be like I'm watching the first chapter of a book when I'm four seasons in yeah yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense uh now I'm on to the wedding okay. yeah Amelia is straight dressed like a flapper and I kind of love it I noticed that I was just like it was definitely maybe do a double take I was like what she got on but yeah, I, I was, was like, like who is that <laughs> I feel like we so rarely see her in a dress period that it was actually like you know it was kind of like refreshing but yeah, yeah. it was giving flapper <laughs> It was cute. It was just like very elegant. And then I, I got into like my actor brain of and like dramaturgy of thinking of like, why did she choose this dress? Ooh. She's like, well, Busy will think this is elegant without me like sacrificing my own style to like wear sure. something more conservative. She was like, this yeah. is like classy, but still me. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, and it feels like, yeah, if she was going to pick like a style or like a decade that I was like, I can see how the twenties is very much Amelia, very, very liberating for women, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're starting to find their freedom. Yeah. Free yeah. flowing alcohol. She would love yep. that. Yep. That too. <laughs> All of it. Was, was it this episode or last episode where she, I think it was, it was last episode um, when, um, Cooper made a move on Amelia and um, she had made the joke like right before and she was just like, want to go get a drink? She was like, well, if you can drink, I can. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Two episodes ago with Sheree. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was the one. Oil. Okay. Yeah. Charlotte and Cooper holding hands during Busy and Susan's wedding. Like, I loved how they kept panning. First, they were like 
Addison to Sam to Dr. Rodriguez. And then you see that like Naomi's on the other side. And I was like, wow, what four people to be standing. Absolutely. That was really, yeah. I I loved seeing the camera play in that, that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And Sheldon and Amelia standing next to each other was really cute. Yeah. And uh, where was Pete standing with um, next to Naomi? Okay. Okay. It was, it was really just like seeing them hold hands again. It's like, just like we were saying with Naomi and Sam being like, we have been married. I feel like Charlotte and Cooper are like, this is going to be us. When we yeah. Can, this is what we, you know, we want. Yeah. When we Get can to move forward. The place. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also think that the wedding was shot at a place that I like is really bougie. It's called the Lamb. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> wow. It's called the Langham and it's in Pasadena in LA. Okay. I had tea there. That's where Caitlin and I went to the Downton Abbey tea when we went to the um oh, that, like, wow. Yeah. And their episode of Murder She Wrote has been filmed there. A lot of times when they are shooting things that are like supposed to be the four seasons or supposed to be the Ritz Carlton, they'll go yeah. to the Langham. And mm-hmm. the outside, like when they were outside on the patio deck thing it reminded me of that and I looked yeah. I even went into IMDB Pro and I was like where did they film this and yeah. I didn't say but I feel mm-hmm. like it was a laying on okay which is gotcha cool. gotcha that's amazing it's a beautiful beautiful venue it looks like yeah with the terrace yeah. and yeah gorgeous. it was it was absolutely gorgeous very wow. expensive I'm sure I can imagine my god yeah Ooh. tracks for tracks for them <laughs> The back of Addison's dress at the wedding is really perplexing to me. Did you? Yeah. Yes. There's, yeah, there's moments when I like, like the style, I clock it so much so that I like can't ignore it. And Addison's dress, I loved it. Like from the front, I was like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful dress. And then when she turned around, I was like, oh my God, it literally physically like made me go like this because of how it uh, slanted. And I was just like, it seemed like kind of um ahead of its time in a way too it was like they had dresses like this in the 2000s yeah it was sort of like a corset back but it was laced off to the side right it almost it didn't even look like the same fabric it was definitely like a fashion forward dress yeah but I was thinking it, it almost I know it wasn't I know it was part of the dress but it almost looked like she had a bandage on her back and like they were trying to cover <laughs> something on Kate Walsh's back because it oh. seems like that dress should just be like a low back sure yeah but maybe, yeah. maybe so oh my I didn't even think about that yeah but I feel like they would have smoothly is the wrong word under the radar they would have been like mm. oh this dress is supposed to be like this like not made it an extra right like yeah material or something yeah that's so interesting wow. yeah I was, yeah I definitely noticed it <laughs> yeah I paused it and I was like is that connected how is that <laughs> ceremony after the wedding Addison and Sam walk forward towards busy and then there's a ambulance colors no I didn't notice that it's at 3339 um it was I thought I rewound and watched it again because it was like a flash. Okay. Yeah. Wow. No, I didn't even notice. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, Busy said thank you for the wedding. 
She did. That was a really beautiful moment. Yeah, I thought Addison was going to pass out from the catharsis. <laughs> Me too. I was just like, this is, a, it, it affected her, I think, even more so than I thought it was going to. I was just like, oh, that's that's the moment when I was just like, oh, she really is just like a girl who just yeah. like wants to be loved by mommy. And mm. so, yeah. 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 And then that made warm thing when Naomi was like, my nanny was warm. I was like, wow, Addison wasn't raised by her parents. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they just like weren't around. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Right. Addison is very much so like I feel like a a really good depiction of just like kind of like the classic thing that like we're told you know from like therapy and like things about trauma and all that stuff that like you know how you're raised and how your your you know your parental life really does like have an effect on your life as an adult and like your choices and stuff Mm because it's like you know but yeah it's so it's so interesting and yeah. she keeps being reminded of it by people close to her, like Addison, Addison, like Amelia and Naomi kept reminding her of like, and even Susan, when she said intimacy goes both ways. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's constantly reminded. It's like, yes, I am a doctor and like I have all this education, but mm-hmm. how I was treated as six years old is still going to have an effect. Yeah. Yeah. So real. Did you notice the song play Reception? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, we are in the 2010s, child. And I was like, we are, right? Because this is... this is 2011, year. yeah. Man, it took me back. And I, I remember like loving that song in high school. That was like our senior year of high school. And I was like, oh my God, it was a bop. It's still a bop. I was like, wow, I forgot about this song. I know. It was on my workout playlist all throughout college. It's great to oh. run to. Oh my gosh, I have to add it on my definitely like it was definitely on my iPod. Yeah. I had a friend in college who <laughs> she and well it was two friends in college who like did it together. When yeah. we were driving and like it would come on, they would say, Oh, it's time for my metro station voice. And they would go, right there. It was just like that emo voice. Yes, very I feel like that's kind of like the last of like the I don't know, like the um what do you call it? Uh, like punk song. Like yeah, punk like punk songs. rock song. Yeah, like punk like rock Charlotte. songs. Like, yeah. Sh- who sings Sugar We're Going Down? Um, uh, oh, not OK Go. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I have it on my iPod. Let me take a look. Pete Wentz. Oh, my gosh. I literally – why can't I think of their we're name right now? Down, down at an earlier brown. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. I feel like that was like the last of that. I feel like, yeah, what a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, and then, shake, shake. right? I couldn't take <laughs> anything seriously in that scene because I was just like, shake it by Metro Station is playing. I can't take anything mom, seriously. My mom was literally like, I hope they're not dancing this song. I was like, no, mom, that's not how it works. They don't have the actual, they don't have, I mean, maybe in some cases, but usually they don't have usually the actual not. song on set playing as <laughs> they do that in post, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because it didn't seem like because what they were even doing like even watching like busy and susan dance i was like they are not dancing to shake shake no no and then i have a note that amelia in the background of the reception is me at every wedding stop because <laughs> like i never have a plus one i'm always a little bit awkward but i'm trying to have fun so i do that like bouncy dance thing of like I'm side to side screaming with dr <laughs> until you meet a dr rodriguez right until you're passed <laughs> off to a dr rodriguez Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, great. Okay. 
And then, <laughs> yeah, Amelia and Rodriguez dancing. That is, like... Right. Crazy. Yeah. Which just further showed to me, because I was like, I really... Dr. Rodriguez never really had any effect on me throughout the, the past couple episodes. I mean, like, it got to a point, especially when Addison was trying to deflect his advances that yeah. it was like getting a little borderline creepy and I was like yeah. this isn't even attractive anymore <laughs> like, no it was like a jump scare when he would turn like yeah. to be talking to someone turn he'd be right there <laughs> exactly <laughs> a little creepy yeah not a fan mm. uh, and then we end on Susan passing out and like maybe not having a pulse so right there's dun, that dun, dun. Yeah. on to Larry Cannon Dr. Cannon psychotic break this was yes. tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah. When I was really proud of Charlotte for outside the office, but this is just so obviously not the therapist. For- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, you know, I understand Sheldon trying to like end with a friend. Um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem like a good match to, because one thing was, um, I'm surprised that she went to a male therapist and now yes. that, you know, that Sheldon had suggested it, it makes sense. I was just like, first of all, I think it's wrong as a sexual assault victim to not wrong, but you know, I think I find it odd to, to as a female uh, who is a sexual assault victim to see a male, I would just think that there would be some disconnect there. Um, not that it's not possible, but I just yeah, found it with- odd. Maybe just like without a pre-existing relationship. Like if you have yes. a male, if you're a female with a male therapist and you've been going already, for year, yeah, for mm-hmm. years, right. But it, yeah, it did not seem like a great match. Um, and then Mm-mm. after, like, I know and like viewers know how much it takes for her to go and verbalize all of that, and he goes, "So you're depressed." And she goes, I didn't, it's, he, What's and so- then he said, mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. therapy, it won't help. I was like, how about a combination therapy? Yes, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What were you going to say? I kind of cut you off. No, I cut you off because I was, I was thinking, say, I was just so like baffled by it that like, yeah, so quick to give her, um, so quick to give her a diagnosis as well as like, yeah, like any, and I think I was so, I didn't, I had no idea where it was going, like where his storyline was going. And it wasn't until maybe a little bit later into the episode that I was just like, I feel like at some point when the series was on air, I might have caught a part of this one or something. Um, but, but yeah, I was just like, I, I still, I still wasn't even ready to go into like, oh, he is going through mental issues himself. And that's why he's not able to, you know, to, to help others but even in the moment I was just like I thought that it was like some kind of tactic I thought that like Sheldon said I was like oh he's just like saying like here you go here's the medicine that you're asking and looking for since you don't really want to participate fully in this therapy like I thought it was a tactic he was using to get her to like realize that like oh no I really do need talk therapy but then as the episode progressed I was like oh no he has issues of his own yeah and <laughs> yeah it almost seemed like it was going to be more of like a drug abuse storyline than mm, yeah a psychotic break storyline. Right, that's what I thought too. I was like, is it the pills making him this way? And my yeah. mom was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was heartbreaking to see Sheldon go through that when Charlotte says he's a pharmacist, not a therapist. Mm. And then 
Sheldon goes, he's my best friend. And Amelia goes, what are you, 12? <laughs> that, that was so funny. I, I think I literally have a note about that. I was like, Amelia coming coming through as the comedic relief, as she yeah. always does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so, and it's so true. And it was so ironic, too, that I was like, I, I had just had therapy several hours before I watched the episode. <laughs> So I was like, I think I have a note about that too. I was just like having therapy and then watching this episode short, short few hours later, I was just like, was a little, was a little jarring to hear a therapist sit there and be like, talk therapy doesn't work. And it's like, I just paid how much? (laughs) Wait a minute. But no, it was very, very interesting to like, yeah. I I wish that we had met him before this. Like, I wish he would have been, like, because if, if Sheldon's going to say, like, he's my mentor, he's my best friend, I look up to him, I I just wish we would have heard of him or met him. Like, even if they didn't want to cast him and, like, pay for an actor to be in it, even just, like, two or three episodes ago to be like, yeah, I just talked to my friend Larry about this, and then we meet Larry. I think that is a really good point, and I think it would have, like, added to the empathy as an audience member, because what is so unfortunate, I mean, it's unfortunate to see someone go through a psychotic break, but something about, I think, his placement in the story, like, we know that Charlotte just went through this, like, intensely sensitive assault, rape, call it what it is, and then to see someone um, who's supposed to be in a position to help her not, not do so, even though we see that that's because he is ill himself, I still felt that um, the way the placement of it kind of made it very easy for us to kind of be like, shame on this man in a sense. Like, I think that I I felt like there was, because of it, because of the placement in the story, there was still a little bit of opportunity for us to like not humanize him enough. But I feel like, like you're saying, if we would have known him earlier, a couple episodes before, we would have been more so like, oh, as opposed to, and it was still, I still felt that, but it was just like, I, I think that there was like a little bit of a disconnect there. Like it's easy for us to be like this crazy man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying, right? to help, trying to help Charlotte as opposed to like, oh my gosh, this is someone who like, you know, we knew and loved as a character and now they're going through it. So just something that I felt. But, yeah, no, I yeah. agree. And especially because having him have a pre-existing relationship with Sheldon puts him, I don't want to say on a pedestal, but it like, it establishes his personality. It establishes his credibility yes, as a character yes. because of how much, like how good we know Sheldon is at his job and like how much Sheldon believes in this. Mm-hmm. So I do think, wait, then it did, you remember earlier in the season or last season, we saw Pete's friend from Dr. Bing that, um, clinic run out of his house surgery in the basement oh was it this season I don't know if it was this season or last season okay I was gonna say I was like oh no yeah having trouble remembering but yeah it was he's played with the same guy who plays Alex's dad yeah think a little bit higher of Sheldon's mentor than I would say like I don't know um yeah, I mean, obviously they're all they're all great doctors, but Sheldon, like you know, Sheldon's not going to go with somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I think, yeah, like you said, with the pre-existing relationship, would be like 
to to trust I think as an yes. audience because I feel like after like after seeing this guy who's like you're not helping Charlotte and you're having a psychotic break it's like really Sheldon this was your mentor like this exactly. guy here as a because all we have is to is hearsay really just based off of like what Sheldon has said which of course like we believe because you know we know how great of a therapist Sheldon is but yeah, yeah absolutely I think it's like a great point yeah and again it's this writer Barbie Kligman bringing the exposition in without making it right so true when I'm in the kitchen with Sheldon and Charlotte and Cooper and Amelia's like yeah I mean why do talk therapy would all be better girl they were really they were really going in on people I think a lot of people's perceptions are of therapy which I like I, which was like hilarious and, yeah. and not at the same time it was like kind of like yeah, like especially as someone like um who, who, who is part taking and like people who like believe that it's like, you know, that it, that talk therapy does work. Yeah. But, but it was really, I think it was like, it, it was funny, but also like not funny and great <laughs> to see the opposite. Yeah. yeah it shows like, all of the, it shows different um, point of views. Yeah. And showing that metal, that there's medical professionals out there who like feel that way, which is shocking. Cause you think like, Oh, a doctor is going to be like, yes, therapy all day. But it's like, yeah, some people really think that it's like, you're just wasting your time venting. Yeah. <laughs> venting. Yeah. yeah, especially being a doctor that has a dependency already. And then Charlotte mentions the risk of dependency to Amelia, and they just drop it. Yeah, I didn't even notice that part. Yep. Yeah, this actor looks so familiar to me, and I kind of looked up his history. Um, he has, like, stage and TV and film um but that's the, doc- the dr cannon yeah yes that scene in the restaurant his theater training showed up i was like i want to see this guy yeah do king lear i want to see him do henry the fourth like Woo! he can do i could tell he would be great at shakespeare and then i'm like did i see him at shakespeare Absolutely. in the park like what is this mm. Yeah. Yes, in my in my research of him as well, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because that scene was so powerful and like, and even the in the way it escalated, it's just yeah. like I knew something was gonna happen, and I thought it might be like, okay, we're gonna hear a little, you know, dinner table clinging of the dishes, and like that's gonna be it. But like, he just like completely, I was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that was incredible, and that made that me really want to have a scene in my own career where I just like ruin it like I pull a tablecloth and everything goes yes yes absolutely I'm done yes just want to like yeah the joy of getting to like break something on so yes in the scene oh my gosh yes and just like yeah when I think about oh my gosh just having like be able to like to come to set and like have to already be full and then to just like deliver a scene like that it's like I mean I know this is stuff that actors on that caliber and on these shows do like every day but it's still amazing to when you think about it, like logistically, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to do it in theater. Cause then you have to have a new one every day, but like, right. But like being like, all right, you got one shot to come in. It's like, dang. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, I'd love to. I started yeah. watching Winona Earp that Sarah and um, Margot, our Amelia scholar have been like, you need to watch this. Mm. And there's a lot of like breaking glasses in hands. That is really fun. Ooh. 
it's Ooh. like kind of, it's like an old western sci-fi breaking glasses and hands and like throwing things against the wall and like knowing that that's not real glass and it's probably like sugar glass or whatever mm-hmm. um it's funny but i also like, yeah i like i want to ruin a table i want to break glass i want to like punch through a window yeah do it all <laughs> do you watch station 19 at all every once in a while yeah 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 when it's so, when i know i'm going to watch the grays episode <laughs> yeah they have this thing in station 19 called crisis 1 which is like not the cops it's mm-hmm. like helping someone in like a like a like a mental break just like this like that would be the perfect use of crisis 1 and i was like why are mm-hmm. these cops being rough with him like he he's obviously being 5150 like he's a health emergency right. like they're being so rough with him. I just think they should have used Crisis One instead of this. Like Crisis One needs to expand to LA mm-hmm. and then have a time machine, go back to 2011, and then yeah, have him. yeah, right. And then let me see. I don't think I did. I feel like I talked about it off the top of my head, even if I didn't follow along with my it's notes. The best way to do it. Really, it really is. Yeah, I actually didn't have that. I, t- I said more about him than I had even written. Um, Same. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Moving. When Cooper said she comes from a family of mutes, I laughed. Because <laughs> she was like, "Wow." He he was like, "She's not like us. She doesn't just say her feelings. She comes from yeah. a family of mutes." I, I laughed. I do remember him saying, which is so interesting because, like, when I think of Charlotte, I think of her as a woman who, like, does have a lot to say, but when it comes to her feelings, specifically. Yes. Yeah. Cooper defending Charlotte with zero selfish selfishness is really heartwarming. Like, mm-hmm. he is just there for her, whether she's in the room or not. Yeah, that is so true. It's cool to see how Cooper love charlotte really to like see them on this journey and how they've grown together and individually it's like it's been i don't have that much for her this Mm -hmm. episode most of it was with dr cannon but my very Mm -hmm. last note is at the end of the episode i just said in an ice closet (laughs) to be honest what i expected was it to be the restroom like i that's what i thought that she was I was like, oh, it's going to go down in the restroom. Like, that's what I anticipated. But Some Jackson in April. Right. I was like, ain't it cold? <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, a little bit dirty. <laughs> right. All the things. Yeah. But then I was just like, this is. And yet, at the same time, I was like, this is very, very yeah. Charlotte. So, yeah. You know. Anything else for Charlotte? Um, I think I mentioned it. Just how I was surprised that she had went, that it was a male therapist. Yeah. Um, and that she had went to and um it was uh, kind of heart wrenching when she was saying how like the physical pain from her assault was gone in a Ugh. week but of, of course like you know those feelings forever um and the whole depressed versus sad moment talked about um um oh when she was when she was just explaining like about her assault and how she mm-hmm. um and now when i think about it in retrospect even just from like my notes here i was like she was pr- she was opening up to Dr. Uh, Cannon more so than she has in the past like she was actually like you know I'm kind of proud of her of how much that she did share even about like how she used her assault and how it's like from overhead and not from like beneath her assaulter Mm. and I when she was just like why do you think that is and he like responded with the the question I was actually like really wanted 
either one of them to give a concrete answer because I felt like my thought from it was is like you know when assault happens um you can very much so like be an outer body experience and so that was my first thought as to why that might be but I'm like I'm no interpreter of dreams but <laughs> but yeah it just made me think about that but yeah but, it yeah. because she was opening up so much like it almost made it more heartbreaking for me because you know how much it took for her to be able to go to a stranger, verbalize those thoughts. And like Cooper said, like, this is the one chance, like she's not going to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a shame that it had to be. (sighs) Yeah. It's shame that it went the way that it did, but my hope is that like, you know, and I don't know what will happen with her. Um, with her therapy journey in the future, but I hope that this won't, you know, discourage her and that she'll have an understanding like this was a ill person yeah. trying to help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, going through a, a mental health emergency. All right. Now to Sam and Addison. And I didn't even put Dr. Sure. Rodriguez in, but like, it's about him too. Sure. Sure. When he was touching Addison's face in the hallway. Inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Out of pocket. He's a little, yeah. No boundaries. Yeah. It was, it made me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then poor Naomi's face being like, oh God. Yeah. No, like she's like, I've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This guy, he just cannot take no for an answer. And Addison's trying her best. But I was thinking back about it, and I was like, persistence is where she stumbles. Mm. Like Noah in the makeout. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like she, if she wants to, she's capable of being like, no, I'm seeing someone. Right. But then I feel like the more it happened, she's like, no, I'm seeing – no, you're worried. No, you're – she... I, I could never. Yeah, once she's broken down a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. she just takes some – yeah grinding yeah. down yeah yeah and it takes friends like I think like Naomi to like out like yeah yeah and even Pete mm. like oh my god when she asked Pete for his point of view and then she was like that's not what I wanted he was like you said be honest <laughs> that's exactly what you wanted that's exactly what you were asking and the fact that he didn't need any context <laughs> yeah he was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah when Naomi said it very well she said when it gets real yeah yeah Right. Which is, yeah. And it's like, and it's hard and it's, you know, it's part of it is like, these are the things that I'm like, I'm so glad that people tell Addison the truth. And then on the other hand, like it's, I, I do always feel for her because it's hard to see her receive that brutally honest information. But, but then when, when she does receive it, you can see it in her that it's like, she knows that it's true too. So it's like, yeah. When Sam says to Addison, what would you want your second wedding to be like? The little glimmer in her eye broke my heart because oh. I knew that wasn't what he meant. I knew that he was trying to be like, do you want the fish or the chicken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it was more casual than what it. Yeah. Yeah. Than how she received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back to Addie wearing all black since Busy got here. Mm-hmm. 22 minutes and 21 seconds when they're in Sam's kitchen during this episode, Addie has a little cropped white sweater. We used to call it a shrug. Do you remember that? A shrug. Yep. 
over her totally black outfit. And it mm-hmm. makes me wonder if it means something dramaturgically. I feel like it does. She's acclimating to the busy stuff and letting herself in more, but it's still pretty Connecticut with those pearl buttons. And Ooh. the white is just such a contrast to the all black that we've seen her mm-hmm. in since Busy came to town. And Addison mm-hmm. doesn't often wear white. No, she doesn't. Yeah, probably having to do with like, you know, delivering babies and being a surgeon and you don't want to sure. wait for that. <laughs> all, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes but- sense. It was really interesting to me, and it didn't really seem like a normal Addison sweater. What do you have about this stuff? Because you're going to say. Um, let's see what I have. I, I said that I was proud of Addison for telling Sam about the Dr. Rodriguez flirtation, but but based off of Sam's reaction, I was like, I don't know if it actually benefited anyone, but I get why she did it to like be whoever, probably specifically Naomi to the yeah. punch. Cause I just told her that she saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I was like proud of her for like trying to do the right thing. And the thing is like, I think we see Addison trying, which I think makes it even more heartbreaking <laughs> when she either like quote unquote, like fail, fall short. Um, but um, yes. And then I said, Ooh, this dress, which we've talked about a lot. And then, yeah, I also already yeah made the comment about like her longing for busy's approval. So those are like my specific Addison notes but as far as her relationship with Sam I don't know guys I'm just like not here for it never really been here for it I'm not buying it (laughs) low-key waiting for it to run its course I just it just seems so like wrong aside from the friends um ex-husband which is like you know I I think that they've handled that like very very well especially in the context of a TV show where it's like, okay, we need stuff to happen and we need it to happen quickly. But just like, just the healing period that Naomi would have to have anyway to get to a point where she really is, if ever, does she ever reach that point where she would be fully okay with it? And this episode and the previous one showed me like, no, she's still human and absolutely not. So it's like, no, she's never gonna. That's why I was so, I feel bad because of how it like hit Addison. But like I, the, the scene where Naomi yeah. went off on Addison was so satisfactory for me. Cause I was just like, yes, let's stop pretending <laughs> to yeah. be nice about this. Like it even Addison feeling comfortable. The fact that Addison is now at a place where she's comfortable enough of saying things like that. She like wants to have a baby and like marry Sam. It's like, girl, like <laughs> I don't think anyone is ready to hear that. And so especially yeah. Sam, apparently. It's, right. Especially Sam, especially the one. Yeah. Yeah. That scene with Addison and Naomi in Naomi's office, amazing. Like, directorially, when the angle of it's supposed to be, I mean, in my, like, whatever, like, my director's brain, it's supposed to be Naomi literally looking down on Addison and Addison looking up like the little girl that she's been shown with Busy for these last couple episodes. Kenny Leon. We didn't even touch on Kenny Leon yet. Dear listeners. Didn't even touch. Please tell them. If, if you don't know who Kenny Leon is, like, please look him up. He yeah. he is director, stage, screen, absolutely like incredible human. The irony <laughs> and Audra and like I mean also has a whole nother Broadway show you know yeah. running right now and Top Dog and just like he literally does it all. And... Like where when does he find time to eat and sleep? I don't know. He's always working and it's always incredible work that's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, truly, that's the real question. And like, it's just always apparent to me, like when brilliant directors pop up on these episodes and without me even knowing it most times, and and then it always makes sense. I'm like, of course, Kenny Leon directed 
that freaking psychotic break scene in the right in the restaurant like just yeah it's so good well, you know yeah. that Denzel Washington was the director for that Grey's episode where Meredith is attacked by the seizure patient? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, Which, how do you – how like, what? How do you get Denzel to direct television? And then it makes me wonder, too, then the logistics of it for me, too. I'm just like, okay, like, are the – like, is it by chance that all these directors just happen to be, like, fans of the show? Because part of me feels like surely they haven't seen the entire series. So I'm like, oh, how no. much of it do they watch to get an understanding of the characters and, like, they have to be, I'm sure they're like thoroughly briefed, but also that's amazing to me. But then it meant, then it's part of it. It's like, maybe sometimes it's good to have a little bit of separation. I don't know. I would just be. Yeah. That, very cool. Yeah. Dear <laughs> listeners, look Kenny Leon up if you aren't familiar with him, because he'll be a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that scene where Addison is um, being yelled at by Naomi, rightfully, it's 2636 is what I have. Addison's mm-hmm. finally wearing color. She is finally coming out of her shell, getting more comfortable with herself, with busy, getting mm-hmm. herself just like colors. And it's watercolors. It's like blue and white and purple. It's on a scarf. Mm-hmm. It has to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. I love how you see the the costuming and like how it tells the story because it like it really does it like has such an influence and yeah you have my, like a natural eye to clock it oh thank you my job in college was wardrobe supervisor so, okay yeah and I had like probably the most fun I ever had in a class in college was my costume design class I love so that. I love to go because you kind of you look at it from I look at it from the standpoint of the characters and like what would they wear so you're still using your actor brain but then you combine it with your history brain if it's you know not a modern show Mm -hmm. and just like looking at it from an anthropological perspective of like their um economic stature their job Mm -hmm. their you know do they vacation at the beach like you know yeah no um, that's so brilliant I love costume design I love that. I love that. Someone, yeah, especially as someone who enjoys <laughs> enjoys shopping and dressing as much as I do. <laughs> I yeah. like, it's like, that's something I need to be a little bit more in tune with. So, oh no, that's, I, I think it's so brilliant. I love renderings. I could yeah. never execute it. Like, that's where the issue is. Like, oh my I gosh. could design it, but, like, I have no idea what fa- – like, I know what fabric I would want it to be being, like, taffeta versus, like, those – I don't know – whatever but I could never execute it like so that sure yeah no I can that is still a whole complete different level of expertise to me like even differentiating fabrics and stuff like I wish I was on that level but I am (laughs) that looks and feels great (laughs) right you can sure pick it out right for sure yeah that part I can do (laughs) but Mm -hmm. no I think that's I think it's so wonderful yeah I could oversee it but I wouldn't be like yeah. if I were the seamstress or if I were like the one actually executing it in the costume shop, I'd be like, this designer is so annoying. She doesn't speak uh, in technical terms. She's speaking like she's five years old. And I was like, I am five years old. It's like, I am. No, absolutely. And it's so interesting, <laughs> like being in costume, like in the in the process of like a show and stuff and like seeing when you can like kind of feel that energy between like costume designer and seamstress and stuff. And yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. Um, we didn't even wear she proposed to him. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. And 
And again, it was another thing that I was so happy that Naomi called her out on it because it it was so clear to me that it just came from the overflow of, you know, her trying to gain back some sense of control about like what was happening with Rodriguez and obviously influenced by the preparation for Busy and Susan's wedding. And it was just like, sweetie, girl, is this really what you what you really want? And Sam's reaction, that poor man, he's like, oh my God, when he was talking to Amelia and he goes, last week she wanted a baby, this week she wants to get married. And he just like touches, he's like face palm. So funny. I love the moments where they let like Tay Diggs, like be Tay Diggs. And his his comedic moments when we were reminded that like, this guy's actually a clown. He's so freaking hilarious. Listeners who follow Tay Diggs on social media, but Yes. Yeah, that was so funny to me. And I'm I'm just glad that Sam had the sense to like clock it and acknowledge that this is like out of not even out of character, but that it was just like, you know, that it wasn't right. Yeah. And that and didn't just like wasn't just like, okay. <laughs> just very it was really uncomfortable to watch. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um I want more scenes with Amelia and Sam and their friendship. Like when Amelia. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I thought about that too. And I was just like, it's, even though he very much so treats her like the little annoying sister, it's, it's still like, but you still came to her. Like you still came to confide in her and you still, yeah. she's still the person that you chose to come and discuss this with. And I'm sure part of it is because that like, you know, she is Addison's ex sister. And um, yeah. Cool girls. All I got. I only have one miscellaneous and I'm just, I just keep hitting this nail on the head. Naomi Mm -hmm. mentioning Olivia, even though we haven't seen her or our dear, dear Maya in so long, uh, the writer is just really filling in the holes in this world without making it boring exposition. And I love it. Yeah. Cause we only saw when did, was that this episode or the previous episode that we saw Olivia when the girls were having their girls night and they were passing the baby around. It was the, it was two episodes with Sheree two episodes ago okay gotcha I was like when was that because that was that was also the moment when Addison was just like I want to have a baby and I want to have one with Sam and I was like how dare you you say that with your best friend sitting right (laughs) but that's just the last time that I remember seeing Olivia and I was like yeah you're right they're they're constantly mentioned but yeah yeah yeah. uh it's as much as I miss having you on every episode which like obviously I do it's kind of nice to have different guest hosts because I can think back and be like oh no that was the episode with Margot that was the episode with Sheree and being like yes I know when that was because I know who I was talking to you can pinpoint yeah Yeah. exactly absolutely but I still get Cooper and Pete confused all the time oh no same same absolutely yeah that used that used to happen to me very often like in the beginning of this yep I think my only miscellaneous note was that I was like nobody wants to talk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was so ironic that this episode was so big on like talk therapy and this and that and I was just like nobody wants to have the conversations that need to be had yeah, yeah. all right Sam's style is Amelia at Susan and Busy's wedding it's Ooh. a red flapper dress with gold trim and she's wearing a long gold necklace and super loose wig. just like um, flapper Amelia is like just something it's really just something. it was a look it yeah. was a look yeah. I love it. Oh no, you're fine. Our guest star spotlight is <laughs> Oba Babatunde. And I hope I pronounced his name right. Like actor he. Um, and he played uh, Dr. Larry Cannon in this episode. Um, and he was born on December 1st, 1951 in Jamaica, Queens, New York City. 
and he's an actor, singer, Dan touched on, um, uh, also director, writer, and producer, um, his own worldwide, um, and his career spans over four decades. Um, he's known as a triple threat. Um, and I was so interested to see that he actually was the original CC in dream girls on Broadway. And I was just like, how wow. freaking cool. And then he did the tour for a little bit afterwards. And then that's when he's, his career started to take off with um, TV and film. Um, but some fun facts about him. He was nominated for his Broadway um, for Best Actor Featured Role in a Musical for Dreamgirls for CC. Uh, he graduated from Jamaica in 69. Um, and I guess as it says as Donald Coa. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe and maybe maybe for pronunciation purposes and all of that. Um, yeah. But his given his given name's pronunciation is Oba. So I'm oh, pat on the back. And his surname's pronunciation is Babatunde. Okay. okay you so did I, so good. I, did, I did pretty good, y'all. Just yeah. trying to sound it out. Hooked on. <laughs> so all these years later. All these yeah. years later. He has two sons. And he was awarded the 1991 Drama League Award for Outstanding Lead Performance for Jelly's Last Jam at the Mark Taper Forum Theater in L.A. And he was born on the exact same date as Treat Williams. Sounds so familiar. That was in Hair, The Phantom, Deep Rising, and Prince of the City. So for context, I'm not sure who that is. The name sounds familiar, Treat Williams. But... But yeah, those are some. Oh, oh yeah, you'd know his face. Oh, oh, okay. That is not. I, he does not look like who I thought he would. But yes, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah. No, no of him. Oh, oh wow, he was the lead in hair in the hair movie. Oh. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Yes, that is Mr. Babatunde. Thank. This episode scored 7.05 million viewers. This episode aired a week later than scheduled because ABC decided to broadcast the Off the Map pilot again in the private practice time slot. So what does that mean to you, Melissa? Hmm. Not great news. No. That's taking a turn. Yeah. 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 I loved yeah. off the map. I loved it. Um, okay, but I feel like I can confidently doesn't have the fan base or like the lasting knowledge that private practice does. Gotcha. Yeah, because even saying like seeing that like the seven point five million viewers. That's oh, um, yeah. compared to previous episodes, mm-hmm. just in general. Like I feel like. Around like eight something is kind of has kind of been like the average. Yeah, yeah, high sevens, low eights around there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm. I mean, it could be something like they weren't done editing it, so they just decided to air. Like it could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. Paul Dooley, who plays Abe Nussbaum in this one. He played the dad of Brian mm-hmm. Benben's character on HBO's Dream On. So Abe played Sheldon's okay. dad. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really cool. And he's so familiar. I know I've seen him play 
in other yeah. roles. I don't know why a, base, a baseball movie or something yeah, is coming yeah, to mind. Yeah, I was thinking like, like coach yes. of something or yeah. Yeah. He also kind of yeah. looks like the husband from Roseanne, but older. Yeah. Yes, I could see them like being yeah, yeah like related. Fred Flintstone, totally. That, that guy. Yeah. And this is our person on Grey's Anatomy. Paul Dooley, who played Dr. Walter Tap, Dr. Walter Tapley, in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. That's season four. It's Richard's mentor. Han won't do the surgery, mm-hmm. and George is on the case. I just watched that episode. Remembered. Um, yeah. So Oba Baba Tunde, who plays Dr. Larry Cannon, also played Dan Gates in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is season five, where mm-hmm. the car hits a telephone pole, and he turns out being fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it, Lexi, Mark, Derek, and Owen were his doctors, if that helps you. Most of okay. the episode in the room. Gotcha. Okay. Amy Farrington, who plays Lisa Nussbaum, who is the daughter, also plays Mary May is Anatomy. That's Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato's in six. Okay. 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 Abby Miller, who plays Simone Parker, i.e., the person who we don't know which job she has, also played <laughs> Kate Shaw in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is that really cute patient storyline in season eleven where they had the first date. And it was they had a plane crash, but it was a really cute first yeah. date couple storyline. She she also okay. has a triple as well. Wow, go girl! Yeah, her like now that I think about it, like her face like was was really like distinct to me, and I was just like I feel like I've seen you in something else, but yeah, I couldn't pinpoint. She but she does she, her IMDb is yeah stacked. Mm-hmm. Love that. Before we get to private practice, like to hear. If you have watched any of Addison on Grey's and Seasons, I have. I have. I've watched some of the most recent episodes. Um, most recent episode, um, the episode um, where um, they were helping the woman with the ectopic um, pregnancy. Yeah, in the van. Um, yes, in the van. So the, those are like my most recent Addison episodes that I've watched. Yeah. That's the most recent one that there is, I believe. Not in Grey's Anatomy, but that she's okay. on. That's what I right. Okay, I thought so because I was gonna say I was I feel like that that's not last week's, but it might have been the week prior. So Did yeah. you get spoiled on anything? Not that I've seen so far. Like there's definitely I need to go back and like fill in some gaps of like between the premiere of this season. But but no, I don't think that there's been I don't know how I've been able to dodge it, um, or just maybe just haven't didn't read too much into it, but yeah, and I thought about that too. I was just like, there's, you know, there's a whole life that Addison has lived that I haven't really watched yet. And yet she's, you know, obviously in this current season of Grace, but no, nothing that I that I have. Okay, good. The Grace. Don't look too much into it. Okay. <laughs> I okay. Uh, I put on our story that there is like a straight spoiler for the gave a warning yeah for the end of the series it's when addison and bailey are driving in the car and addison's on the phone and then they talk about things mm-hmm. so yeah just don't think too much into that don't don't read too mm-hmm. just be like oh cool addison's on the phone with someone cool mm-hmm. not gonna worry about right. who that is <laughs> <laughs> gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah but um we're kind of almost there ish cool and it's gonna be cool. six full months until we get another episode can you believe girl crazy i hope we get more addison i hope addison gets to meet kai i really wanted to see amelia introducing kai to addison 
Yeah. We didn't get that. Yeah. Oh my god, but didn't get it. when Addison said, Bailey and Addison, American heroes, I said, who <laughs> has been saying that for like 19 years? Me! You. Day one. Day one. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Oh, I was so proud. It's almost like the writers of Grey's Anatomy are fans of BHAB podcast because they're like, wow, we're going to play directly to Sam with this line and she's going to enjoy it. But also they'd be listening, right? We're also not going to totally spoil it for Melissa. We're going to let it just go over her head. <laughs> just like subtle enough that she won't clock. Yeah. It. Right. Yeah. I really want Charlotte to be in Seattle. Just putting that out there. I know. I know. I would love for them to bring Charlotte back. She's so excellent. I really enjoy her. Me too. Me too. All right. Can you muse for me about what you think is going to go in the future? Oh, wow. So much. First and foremost, I hope Cooper and Charlotte almost called her by her actual Katie. name. Katie. Cooper and Katie. Um, that would be cute. I hope, that is cute. Uh, I hope that they get married and start planning for their wedding, especially now that we've hit this very great turn and, you know, um, Charlotte being ready to, you know, explore sex again after her salt. So I hope that that is on the horizon. I'm going to say it. I hope that Sam and Addison break up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after Naomi kind of like dropped that. I don't know how if our listeners picked up on it, but um, kind of like dropped that hint. Like when she was saying like sometimes people, um, you know, push you away when they're fearful and sometimes they pull you closer. Yep. And I was just like, mm, I was just like, I kind of feel like, you know, and I, and now in retrospect in the moment, I think I thought that she was talking about like Sam trying to like, pull Addison and keep her close out of fear or push her but then away. I was like maybe she was or push her away yeah and now I'm thinking that maybe it, it was Sam trying to do the pushing away and Addison trying to like let's get married trying to like pull them closer out of fear so I'm still deciphering what she meant by that but I definitely think it was a read and what else who else am I missing Oh, I'm really excited for Violet and her book. I'll be interested to see what happens with that. Like that's an interesting turn in the story. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like what that means like with her like going to New York and like like and then possibly doing a book tour. I'd imagine that would like kind of take her away from the story in a lot of ways. Oh, um, you think that they would just like talk about it and not actually show it? That's what I would think, but now now that you've posed the question, uh-huh. I'm I'm considering it would it would I think it would be interesting to see her like beyond beyond this book tour about like you know the things that have happened in her life and like see how that would kind of like I don't know kind of manifest in her emotionally yeah and I think it would be interesting to like follow her adventures on a book tour I I'd be here for it I guess I just assumed that they would like not show it but yeah we'll see what else if you were to name Violet's book what would you name it and I'm just like throwing that question at you gosh adventures and trauma a, <laughs> literally literally that and I'm also such a what do you call it um alliteration person that I would be like violets I don't even know I can't even victories of another victories that's a good one I was like I can't couldn't think of like a really dramatic word but like that's good violets victories because she has she has been victorious in a lot of areas of her life and has like overcame so much that like even just like knowing where violet was and then thinking about where she is now it's just like it's very giving standing ovation like she really did that am I missing anyone um I don't know what's going on with Pete yeah (laughs) oh well I guess he just went through that kind of like family drama with his mom and his brother and stuff Uh Yeah, I hope that, yeah, I didn't like how that ended. I hope he, like, finds the heart 
again, that child trauma is, is real. Yeah. So, but I hope that he like finds the heart to like, you know, make things right before she passes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if part of me is just like, I don't foresee them circling back to that, but okay. am I missing anyone? Just a, Amelia and Sheldon, but I, we didn't really, they, yeah. they've sort of been just like helpers along other people's journeys. They haven't done much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be interested to see how much longer Amelia is around before she goes to Seattle. And then with Sheldon, I don't know. I'm still, I guess I'm just still waiting for like Sheldon's chunk of, chunk of story time and screen time too, I think. You and me both. Yeah. So hope that happens for him. Mm -hmm. He's been around this long that I have hope. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ratings and MVPs. My rating is pickpockets on the boardwalk. Like, are they there or not? But you're on your guard either way. Because I feel like anytime you go anywhere, they're like, watch out for pickpockets. I've never, mm-hmm. like, I lived in New York for a long time, like, never actually seen a pickpocket. I feel like it's a little bit yeah. more of an urban legend. And, like, uh, you think of, like, those, like, movies from, like, the 1910s of, like, hi, governor, how you doing? Yeah. And then they just pick your pocket. Right. Abe's daughter was on guard with Simone. Naomi's on guard about Addison and Sam. Addison is on guard with Rodriguez and his inappropriate behavior and about his treatment of Susan and discharging her from the hospital. Sheldon's on guard with Dr. Cannon. Charlotte's on guard all the time. Cooper's on guard for Charlotte. It's just like everybody's on guard of like things that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Thank you. Good ratings. Mine definitely had to do with the idea of trying to save yourself in a sense and how like difficult that can be. So we know how many people like some people don't know how to swim. And so sometimes they go to the pool or to the beach or what have you. I had a particular experience with a cousin of mine who didn't know how to swim. We went to one of our stops on a cruise ship vacation we went to when we were younger. We stopped at Mexico and we went to the beach and she didn't tell me and my family that she didn't know how to swim. And next thing we know, she was out in the middle of the ocean, basically drowned and child. Oh, and so, <laughs> it made me think of this concept is just that like, you know, but you can't, you can't, can't help other people unless you are helped yourself. And I think that that was a big theme in this episode, mm-hmm. especially with like Dr. Larry. So it's like, you know, you got to make sure that you know how to swim first before you can help the other person who's out there drowning. Um, and so we saw that with Dr. Larry. I think that we've, you know, we've seen that with Charlotte to a certain extent even with Addison, um, I think, and in, in Busy. So that was my rating of the week. I, I'm surprised came to me as easy as it did. Right, but. <laughs> same. I was like in the last scene right before the ice closet and I just scrolled mm-hmm. up in my document to write it down. That's so good. Thank you. Who's your MVP? Oh, my MVP. Wow, this is one I, I hadn't even given much thought to this episode. Mm, this is hard. I'm torn between Addison and Sheldon. Okay. But I think I want to go with, I'm going to go with Sheldon because I think just the whole Dr. Larry Owens story was just so, <laughs> so hard. For, Dr. Larry, what, what is his name? Larry, can't, that, is Larry that, Owens is who was in Strange Loop. See, see now. <laughs> I think. That, see y'all. See how that goes. This is how I'm horrible. Horrible with names and associations. I'm surprised I even got the Dr. Larry. And I keep wanting, I'm trying to remember his last name out of respect, but I just want to say Dr. Larry. So I'm going to just say Dr. Larry. Yeah. 
messing with the whole Dr. Larry storyline was so heartbreaking. And like knowing that this was someone like this was his mentor and friend and to see them literally break down in front of you. And then he was so torn about like what to do. And like, he didn't want to get the police involved. Um, but at the end of the day, like ultimately I think still did like the right thing, especially knowing that again, like this is a man who was like, who had patience and was like supposed to be taking care of other people and wasn't in a condition to. So I think that Sheldon is my MVP for not only trying to help Charlotte, but then ending up having to help the person who he sent for, suggested yeah. help Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I was thinking about them as well. And I was also thinking about Naomi, but I chose Cooper mm. for my MVP Oh, for defending Charlotte, whether she's in the room or not, and not qualifying mm-hmm. it with anything. Mm-hmm. He's just like advocating for her and he's being patient and kind and loving and loyal. And we we got on all of our friends' backs every once in a while. Like we're mm-hmm. anti-Violet sometimes. We're anti-Addison. Mm-hmm. We make fun of people. But like Cooper's doing mm-hmm. a great job being an advocate for someone he loves in this episode. I agree. I agree. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at, at Melissa Clark and on Twitter at, at Melissa with three E's. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing it with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. Plus, we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a part of our patron community at patreon.com slash BHAB podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 4, Episode 13. It's available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you'd like to share thoughts on this episode, please DM us on Instagram at BHAB podcast or email us on BHAB podcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. TGIT. I still can't get over that letter from Laura. Oh my gosh. It was so sweet. Yeah. May my day.